Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to The Takeoff Show. If you want to take off in your career, your finances, and your mindset, then this podcast is for you. Wherever you are in the world, do enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Takeoff Podcast. As you can see, we're not in the booth today, but we'll be back there next week. So I'm really excited about today's guest. We have Ryan, the founder of Making Money Simple. He's a financial content creator that focuses on making investing straightforward for the everyday person. He currently has a book called Stop Waiting and Start Investing, which has sold numerous copies and I call him the Index Investing King. So how are you doing today, bro? Yeah, no, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Sorry there can be no fire in the booth today. God, it actually. Yeah, no, I know, but it's fine. We're going to definitely get you um, in for, for another episode, but I definitely wanted to connect with you to discuss um, index funds. But, um, you know, just to go over our usual questions we always start off with the same question so what is your worst financial mistake um i once bought a fake pair of yeezys for 400 quid <laughs> really i think happen? i might have told this story before actually once on clubhouse okay. but okay. essentially this was like years ago when i was a teenager and this was when there was only like i think like Kanye had just gone to Adidas and I was only like the pirate blacks, the turtle doves, those ones. And I really wanted to get a pair. This was obviously before I knew about personal finance and investing and stuff. I've done so much research, right? I knew all of the tells of what a fake was, but some bloke had uploaded real pictures and then sent me a fake pair for 400 quid. So essentially, long story short, I managed to actually get all of the money back and I kept the fake pair because I think the guy just got blocked from eBay. And then I then sold that fake pair as a fake because they're still good they're still good fakes to be fair okay. like, even like fake Yeezys would go for like 100 200 pounds so really? I, I sold them for like yeah yeah and then like the genuine ones would be resold for like back then it was like four or five hundred quid i think now they're even rarer because obviously them ones don't drop anymore and there's a lot more drops now than there used to be but yeah okay. 400 pounds on a fake pair of trainers i mean i wouldn't even imagine spending 400 pound on hardly anything nowadays unless it's like a holiday so the fact i spent that on a pair of trainers and they were fake was pretty oh abysmal to be honest with you wow wow that's 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 absolutely insane <laughs> my gosh that's a that's an interesting story and it's, it's great that you um you got your money back what made you think let me try and sell like fake you know yeezys well because i didn't want them because they're fake i was like okay. I, i'm actually still haven't never had a pair to this day but i was like i'd rather have a real pair i don't want a fake pair so i put them up as fakes and then because they were pretty good fakes i managed to flip them with a hundred pound profit <laughs> oh wow Oh my god! Turn that bad around. That's, that's a, exactly that's that's a, that's a way to turn a, a financial mistake into you know, a positive. It, it was a big mistake at the time, though. Like, like four hundred mm. quid. That was like a lot. Of, I must have been yeah. like eighteen or nineteen. I've been saving up for ages. I was like, mm. then they, they came and I could tell they were fake straight away. And I was wow. like, here we go. 
Wow. Why Why Yeezys, um, you know, just to, out of curiosity? Yeah, I don't know. I was just, like, really into them back in the day. And this was, yeah, when he first like, switched to Adidas. Like, I'm a big fan of Kanye's music. And then um, mm. everyone just sort of had them. I think it must have been first year of uni, actually. I think everyone just had them and I wanted a pair. Yeah. So okay. Just getting them to try and, you know, impress people where you don't want to be doing that. And that's why I don't buy yeah. them anymore. I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. Sense. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 very interesting. You always have to think about why, like, why do you buy stuff? And I think a lot of it is because we're influenced by other people to to you know to want these things. It's not that we even really want it; we just want to like show off with it. It's it's very very interesting. Uh, okay, cool. I, lo I love that story. Can you give us a bit of an insight into your day in the life at the moment? Yeah, it's not like massively interesting. So I'm an accountant. Mm -hmm. In London, mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm now a qualified accountant, so I've finished mm -hmm. all of my exams, which is good. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially, I've like yeah, day job nine to five, uh, mm -hmm. working in accounting, got like sort of a few clients you sort of work on, um, and then a little outside of that, obviously making money simple. To be fair, is quite a big sort of mm -hmm. it is a side hustle, but mm -hmm. really, it probably is, it probably is a second full time job at this point of like mm -hmm. the podcast, the YouTube, all the different yeah. social medias, the different products, um, like the calls, all of that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And outside of sort of those two, I guess, like income streams, it's mainly like watching football, going to mm -hmm. football, uh, going to the gym, obviously mm -hmm. trying to like go out, have nights out with uh, friends, see mm -hmm. my family fairly often. Um, so it's very much just like work, side hustle, sport and friends and family. That's sort of okay. That's different boring. <laughs> That's not yeah, boring. Not boring. It's, I'd say it's like standard. It's not like, yeah. I'm like oh yeah, last week standard? Last week in Dubai, next week I'm going to the <laughs> I mean, in the future, in the future, yeah, you might, you might, you might get to that. I mean, you might not even want that to be your life. Some people hate, hate traveling yeah. like that because it, it's not fun anymore. Like it sounds fun, but I don't think it's, it's fun when it becomes work. I think it's fun yeah. when it's, you don't have to think about like hard work. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. when it, no, I, I think that's definitely when it's fun. That's interesting. Um, it's funny that you say uh, making money simple is like a second full-time job. I, I definitely agree with you there. It's uh, financial influencing is, is definitely very, very tough and is a, is yeah. a growing um, industry as well. Before you got into personal finance, what were you doing? I was at uni. So I was in my final year of university. I'd mm -hmm. just done a placement year. So in between mm -hmm. like my second and third year of uni, I worked mm -hmm. in industry for a year in London. And then that was sort of when I sort of like... Uh, became like an investor for the first time well, i didn't okay. know at the time but i got auto enrolled into my workplace pension um okay. like i promise you i was like i don't i don't know why i think in my mind i probably would have like um i wouldn't have done it but the fact i was auto enrolled i was like oh, i should yeah. leave it this is before like yeah. i sort of knew anything about money um and then i essentially started reading books about investing um mm -hmm. in probably yeah, just sort of like going back up, up and forth on the trains all day and then it was then sort of when I went back as my final year of university was then when I sort of really started reading loads of books then sort of yes yeah, set up making money simple the like mm -hmm. investing sort of platform I have and then yeah as they say the rest is history <laughs> yeah yeah what's interesting is that your I feel like your journey is quite unique because when I was at uni I definitely didn't really think about my finances um I heard of Rich Dad Poor Dad as a book but I think most of the books I heard about was like post uni what what gave you like this sense of urgency to be like, you know what, I want to know more about investing. I want to, you know, look into these books. I want to, you know, set up a page to teach yeah. others about investing. I'm not really sure. The, the first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. But I had no idea why I actually read it. I think yeah. I must have come across the YouTube video okay. about passive, I think it was about passive income, about side okay. hustles. And then people were saying how you need to invest in assets. He's not yeah. other income streams. And at the mm -hmm. time I'd worked for a year in London mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong. It was good fun. But at the mm -hmm. same point in the time, I'd only been doing that for a year, and I was like, I'm not doing this for like 45 <laughs> years. Like going up and down, on the, like going up and down on the train all day, mm. always delays. Sort of like doing this sort of like, a lot, a lot of these jobs in like finance, like people yeah. make them sound good, but they're all like pretty boring to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. even like if you're in like a really high job, they're still like, yeah. yeah I essentially like I thought, I quite realized quite early on I wanted to work for myself, yeah. like, be my own boss. Um, and ultimately have like time freedom and then yeah. obviously with that sort of I guess financial freedom comes time freedom But that mm -hmm. was the main thing like, I wouldn't really mind working long hours if it was for myself and building something for myself Which is what I'm now I am now doing and making money simple yeah. Mm -hmm. um, But yeah, I knew quite earlier I didn't want to do it. and I think I stumbled across yeah passive income video and then People talking about side hustles and read rich dad poor dad So the first book I read was rich dad poor dad mm -hmm. Then I think the second book was the intelligent investor. I actually read that 
when I was traveling in the summer between my placement year and going back to uni for the, my okay. final year. And then sort of after that, it sort of snowballed into, yeah, just like loads of investing books. Then I sort of like found index funds, what we're going to talk about. And then sort mm -hmm. of, yeah, sort of just like built up slowly over time. I think it was probably okay. a YouTube video and then okay. Rich Dad Poor Dad that got me kickstarted sometime during like 20, it would have been like 2017 or 2018. Okay, okay, okay. Wow, wow, wow. That was a lucky find. Lucky YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, but <laughs> I think to change because, your life. Yeah, I think it was because I had mm. done work for a year though. So I know okay. most people just did their three years or do a master's. Mm. Because I'd done a placement year, I sort of then knew like, yeah, I don't want to do this. It's so for I'm 65. You, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely get where you're coming from and it's good that you have identified that early on because some people 20 30 years and are like what have i got to show for this what have i yeah. been doing you know i've been working in a job that i don't like i don't have that much time i don't have that much freedom i've just put myself into like a hole pretty much you know exactly um, yeah. yeah so wow wow that's 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 a very interesting thing it's funny also that you said um that you feel like you don't want to do this for 34 years you know i've had similar thoughts as well like i think for me personally i i want as much freedom as as possible as much time freedom i know i'm always going to work i know i'm always going to desire working because otherwise i get bored i don't want to i'm not the type of person that I can sit on a beach for forever. It's not going to happen. I need to work. But what I want to do is I want to have freedom. So I spend time doing the things I want to do. And I also think as well, we don't discuss it enough, but working five days a week is overrated in my opinion. I don't think it should be the norm. I don't think working more than do other activities is the norm. So doing a 40 hour week, I don't think that should be the norm. And I think we should start talking about Let's do 25 hours to 30 hours a week and being a bit more efficient. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that's, I think that's where we should go, honestly. And I feel like that's where I've been reading, to be fair. I think who, Richard Branson, I think he might have said it a few years ago. I think the world is going to go, go there. We already moved into the working from home and I can see mm. soon they're going to be like, okay, you know what? Mondays and Fridays, nobody needs to come into work. Get your work done Tuesday to Thursday. <laughs> That would be that'll amazing. Be, yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. We'll see. I might campaign for it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll sign the petition. Don't worry. Uh, okay, cool. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. I do really appreciate your support so far. If you do want to support the production of this podcast further and you want to get early access to the next episode of the Takeoff podcast or you want to join in in a monthly live Q&A make sure to check out the link in my description either pledge to my Patreon or subscribe to my YouTube membership either way I do appreciate you supporting me and helping me to build the best business and finance community in the world I do hope that you enjoy the rest of this episode so talking about index funds um, can you give us a quick summary of what an index fund is and why do you prefer them? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, it's probably easier breaking down the word like index and fund. So an index, there's a lot of indexes about and people have probably heard of some of them in the news and stuff. So the FTSE 100 is an example. That's the largest 100 UK companies. The S&P 500 is another example, which is the largest 500 US companies. You can then get global index funds, which track the global stock market, most countries will have an index. And essentially, it's just a way, so like Germany has an index, Japan has an index. It's just an easy way to essentially track the biggest companies, um, I guess, in each country. You can then essentially group these companies into a fund and invest directly into all of these companies through one fund. So using the FTSE 100 as an example, and that's one people will probably be familiar with from the news being in the UK, you could invest into an individual company like HSBC, or like Unilever, or both of them companies, by the way, are in the FTSE 100, or you can invest into the FTSE 100 index fund, which tracks all those 100 companies. So rather than betting on an individual company, you can almost bet on a basket of companies very easily through one fund. So the benefits of doing this are, are so I get, well, the ultimate benefit really is, you have the whole pa passive investing versus active investing debate. So passive investing is where you essentially passively track a market so you yeah. can invest into an index fund that tracks the FTSE 100 mm -hmm. or you can try and beat the market which is mm -hmm. active investing mm -hmm. so you could try and beat pick individual stocks to try and beat the market 
But if you look at like data and history over decades and decades, it is pretty much impossible to consistently pick those individual stocks that are going to beat an index fund like the FTSE 100. So the main benefit really is, first of all, you'll probably outperform other investors who are trying to pick stocks that beat the market. Second of all, because it is passive investing, you're just tracking a basket of companies. It's very low fee. And then third of all, inherently, you get a lot of diversification because rather than say, as we said, investing into HSBC, one company, you can, or even 10 companies, all different. You can invest into the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest US companies and immediately get diversification across all these different industries, all these different companies, um, all for yeah, a very low fee. And you haven't, I guess for me personally, it's almost just like such an easy way to build wealth because I'm going to be researching companies all day. So yeah. I'm going to be trying to outsmart fund managers or other investors. I literally just buy and hold an index fund, invest consistently, and then let the stock market, which averages usually around 8% after inflation over the long term, just let the stock market do the rest over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I completely agree with you. And I love the explanation um, that you gave. You broke it down. The audience are definitely going to be able to um, understand. And I agree with you. There's so many benefits to having um, an index fund. To be fair, I think the majority of investors, that's what they should look at because they don't have the time to research companies. They don't have the aptitude to do it, um, the skill. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not saying... It's not saying that, you know, this it's, it's not smart or dumb because there's also an element of luck. There's also how many millions of people invested in these companies. So there's yeah. so many moving variables that you're trying to predict all these different variables and hoping that it goes in your favor. And ultimately, out of all of this stuff, you can't even control it anyway. So when you think of it like that, yeah, an index fund, index fund is definitely, definitely uh, one of the ways to go. Yeah, you, um, like, you said so many things that I agree with that. Like, first of all, you literally cannot control anything. Like, you don't yeah. work in a bank controlling the money <laughs> supply. You don't work for like mm. the, on the board of a company making like decisions for like Apple. Mm. It, pretty much everything is out of your control. Mm -hmm. um, also, as you mentioned, people say it's like a boring or a lazy strategy, but Regardless, it's still literally <laughs> the best and easiest strategy there is. Mm. Like, if you look at the data, there's so much data going back so many decades. But on average, about 90% of active investors, whether like me and you are picking stocks ourselves, or you give your money to an active fund to then pick the stocks themselves, 90% plus over a 15, 20 year period will underperform the market. And these people are like, like MBAs from Harvard. They're like working 12 hours a day. They have hundreds, if not thousands of analysts. They yeah. have millions of dollars to spend on research. They literally know the CEOs of companies personally and they still can't pick stocks consistently to beat the market. Even Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of probably all time um, in the last, sort of like 10, I think the last 10 years has literally, I think, I think he's like essentially done the same as the S&P 500. So okay. it's still, I mean, still pretty amazing he's done that, to be honest with you. Yeah. But he's like the, the absolute GOAT. And if the yeah. GOAT is struggling, like what chance <laughs> do we have who are sort of working a job, going on night out? <laughs> so I mean, people think that in, investing into individual stocks is sexy because you can essentially make like 200% in yeah. a year yeah. or whatever. But yeah. the thing is, that's not really going to build you wealth. And I think the problem is with investing into individual stocks, as you mentioned, it is probably mainly luck, really, mm. because most people do not, most people who invest in individual stocks are not reading the financial statements for the last mm -hmm. few years. No. They're not listening to the shareholder calls. They're mm -hmm. not doing due diligence. They're not looking at industry trends. They're not yeah. looking at competitors. They're not doing any analysis. They just see a yeah. company they like and invest into it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. That's yeah. better than, like, I guess, saving your money or keeping it in a bank account and nothing or just blowing it all at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess you want to have like a sort of, more sensible, easier way to sort of slowly build and compound your wealth over time. Yeah, yeah. I think you cannot really be index funds, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's just almost like property, right? Like buy to let, investing in the property using buy to let is a proven yeah. strategy. It's yeah. worked for decades. It's made so many people millionaires. Yeah, it's not, the se it's not like a sexy HMO or a lease option or a rent to rent or service accommodation. Of course, all these strategies can make you more money, mm -hmm. but that there's more work involved, it's more risky. And it's the same yeah. with index funds. You can yeah. pick stocks. You can like trade futures, use margins, you use options, but at the same time, it's a lot more work, and you know yeah. you have more chance of essentially losing exactly. wealth rather than building wealth. Yeah. yeah. I guess what yeah. I sort of try and promote from my mm. like channel is like sort of like the easy and simple way to mm. build wealth, so you can mm. I guess like have free time and have fun yeah. rather than like constantly researching companies. And yes. Funds, yeah. Well, yeah. Spend your time. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's like it's a cost benefit 
analysis technically. Because right? if you beat if you yeah. beat the S and P five hundred right by say just say the S and P gives ten percent and you get fifteen percent, but then you've spent like five hundred hours over mm. the year, like two hours <laughs> a day. You, you've lost that massively because that yeah. two hours of your time you could have been doing so much more stuff with. You could be generating more stuff. income and putting yeah. it back into index fund. It's true. It's very true. It's the thing all, is, yeah, I don't like benefit. Yeah, yeah, I want to come across as like I'm hating on other strategies or like people who do pick stocks because I do have. I think from 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 my stock market investments, I think I'm about like 96 or 97 percent index funds. Um, so it's very few individual stocks, but. I do get it. it is fun to invest in individual stocks if you believe in the company it is great through the stock market you can invest into them um but yeah i would just say as a rule of thumb try and keep the backbone of your portfolio in index funds then you're sort of slowly compounding your wealth over time and then with like maybe a little bit on the side use that to sort of pick stocks and have a punt um but yeah, don't want to come across and hating on no, no, investing. No. Uh, I, I do prefer passive yeah. investing and index yeah. funds. Yeah, That's what yeah. I do personally. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good argument. And I think it's, it's good for people to understand what the, the different options that they have out there so that they're well informed so that when they're making decisions, they can make a decision that's best for them. Uh, I'd rather people understand that there's another... Because some people don't even know that investing existed. I didn't know investing existed. 10 years ago personally yeah there was when i first started i only market. thought when i first started yeah. i only thought that was individual stocks i didn't know what yeah. index fund was so yeah. i put money into individual stocks now i'm yeah. like obviously done some research and i realized mm. okay index funds are the way to go but, yeah. but that's one of the things hopefully by us talking about it now people yeah. can then, like help them get started and if they're not yeah. using index funds they can then mm. maybe reevaluate whether it's better to use index funds going forward yeah yeah exactly exactly um so out of interest what are you actually invested into? What index funds do you have yourself in your portfolio? My main one is the mm -hmm. FTSE Global All Cap. Okay. So, uh, there, uh, there's so much I can say about this. There's like a huge section on this in, in the book you mentioned at the start, Stop Waiting and Start Investing. But essentially, when it comes to picking an in... So, the, another problem is, right, you want to get started mm -hmm. investing. You're like, okay, cool. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to learn. You want to yeah. now choose an index fund. It's like, okay, yeah. cool. There's loads of index funds. Lots. So what, what, what do I do? I, I like, yeah. I do like a, even in the UK, you've got the FTSE 100, FTSE 250, FTSE All Share. You then got US as like the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, Dow Jones. There's global ones. There's emerging market ones. There's Japanese ones. There's European ones. My approach really is just have most of my money in one global index fund because through one fund, you get global diversification. So this particular fund has over 7,000 stocks in the one fund. So it's pretty, it's pretty much as diversified as you can get. It's a Vanguard fund. That's why I use my, have my stocks and shares ISA with. Um, but I think people think that they need to be doing more. Like they need to be like, even with index funds, like I need to have one index fund for the US, then one for emerging markets and one, but like you don't. If you have one global index fund, you're getting as much diversification as you need um, and actually, I sort of through the book, I go through loads of data. By, by investing globally, you're actually getting, over the long term, you'll get higher returns for lower risk. The reason why is because the same two countries are never the best performing country and the worst performing decade, a worst performing country in decades. So if the US is the best, for, so the US has been the best performing country over over the 2010s. But relatively speaking to the global stock market, it performed awfully in the 2000s because of the dot-com crash and then the financial crash. So, you know, if you obviously were only investing in the US from 2010 onwards, you would have beaten a global stock market fund. But if you'd done that 10 years previously, you wouldn't have. And I thought there's a lot of emphasis on US funds particularly and also UK funds. We can get into that. I don't like UK funds at all. Like, <laughs> US, with, with US funds, mm. a lot of people, I get so many questions like, should I use an S&P 500 fund or a global fund? or like mm. a total US stock market fund mm -hmm. or a global fund. Yeah. And my response is always, like, it's up to you. But personally, the US has had multiple decades in the 1900s and also a decade, like the 2000s, where it underperformed, relatively speaking. So in my point of view, if I want to be investing for 40, 50, 60 years, one day living off my investments, I'm not going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be naive and say, I know which country is going to perform the best. Japan, you know, is a brilliant example. Japan... And I think the 80s or 90s was the best economy in the world. It was the most efficient economy, most productive. It made up 45% of the global stock market, right? So people thought Japan is the future. Now, it only makes up 8% of the global stock market. Yeah, okay. So relatively speaking, it has literally shrunk by like 90% compared yeah. to other economies like that, about, that have grown in size over that time. So when people say like, should I use a US fund? I'm like, well, think about those people who would have only put their money in a Japanese fund, um, 
30, 40 years ago and now look where they are. And that's essentially, yeah, the risk. I don't want to bet on one country. Because also, a lot of people then have an argument. Sorry, going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. A lot of people have an <laughs> argument it. that, you know, mm. the US makes a lot of their revenue from overseas. And it is true. The US companies do make about 40% of their, like the S&P 500, 40% of the revenues come from overseas. So it is yeah. sort of globally diversified in that sense. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're all still listed in the US. There's yeah. political risk from the government. Exactly. There's currency risk from the US dollar, which is being devalued like crazy compared mm-hmm. to other currencies because of all the money printing, because of like, I guess like all the pandemic and everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's sort of, I, I, you can maybe like adopt a hybrid approach where you could use like a global fund and a US fund. But me personally, literally all of my money in my stocks and shares ISA is in the FTSE Global All Cap. I've been dollar cost averaging, so investing monthly into that fund now for over three years. And I think on my total, I've got like a spreadsheet, but my, I think my total on my entire stock market investments, I think that one fund is about 85% of my total money. So most of my like investment net worth is in that one fund. Um, and yeah, it just comes back to being globally diversified and sort of, I'm sort of accepting that I can't beat the market. And yeah. because I can't beat the market, I'm going to use an index fund. And then secondly, I don't know which country is going to perform best. So I'll just use one global fund rather than trying to bet on different countries and sectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a very uh, long-winded answer. But that's <laughs> essentially, I go into a lot of detail that in, the, in the book, but yes, yeah, like loads of data and stuff to just sort of support why global diversification, whilst it's never normally the best performer in a given decade, over the long term, relatively speaking, it usually does well just because some countries will perform poorly in some decades and then amazingly in other decades and no one knows ahead of time which those countries are going to be, which is why by using the global diverse, a global index fund, of course, it's not once again as sexy as like individual stocks or individual countries. But if you're trying to invest to build your wealth, it's a very simple way to do it and an easy way to go. And you're not really taking any chances. The only way that can literally fail is if there's literally like a zombie apocalypse or, a <laughs> or like a nuclear war when there's yeah. just no more companies on earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely, I completely agree with you. And so, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Had, though. On like yeah. global versus US, there's a frequent like debate on that. People message me once on a daily basis asking about that. <laughs> Luckily now I might just read the book because it's all in there. But it's just yeah. like there's so many things you can go down. And the thing is, investing in the US, there's lower fees. Obviously, it has been better returns the last 10 years. But obviously, you want to have a long-term mindset. Past performance doesn't mean the same is going to happen. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's like probably my thoughts on why is a global index fund. And also, as I mentioned, yeah, I sort of don't really use individual stocks, invest into them just because I think index funds are the way to go. And then... I don't know which country is going to do best. So a global index fund is the way to go. And also, above all, by having like just one fund, it makes my approach incredibly simple. I automate my investments every month. It's very passive. It's hands-off. As I was saying to you before this call, I've been very busy in October, and my hand, my in, in, index fund investment is still going through every single month without me doing anything, without me doing any research. And that's how I want it to be set up, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you said a lot, and I, I agree with a, a lot of it. I agree with a lot of it. I, I that think, was a lot. No, no, it, it's it's fair enough. I agree a lot of it. I think the interesting thing about the US, I think, is because that's where most of the sexy companies are: your Apples, your Teslas, your your Microsoft. That it's known, right? That the US. But you're you're completely right because if you're getting an index fund that's literally focused just on the US you could miss the rest of the world, right? You, you can miss the rest of the world and US may no longer grow in the future. It might be the fifth largest economy or the 10th largest economy. Yeah. Nobody knows. So Cause, cause yeah. really interesting as well, like mm. this sort of graph that I found is mm. where essentially the US, right, 100 mm. years ago, made up about 25, I think it was 25% of the global stock market. Oh no, it was 15%, sorry. Mm-hmm. Then a few decades later, it was up to about 65. Mm-hmm. Then it went down to 25 in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And now it's back up to... Uh, 55 58 okay. around there so in that 100 year period it's fluctuated between 15 and 65 so okay. you can sort of see how obviously i know a century is a long time but realistically mm. if you're in your 20s or 30s you're probably going to be living for at least 40 or 50 years so yeah just imagine like betting on sort of one country or one company mm. and then over that period it doesn't perform like it did the last 50 years then yeah you're essentially yeah stitching yourself up a bit <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly and that's the thing and i i understand uh, a global fund. i got a global fund as well um, for the exact same reasons, because I wanted to capture everything. I, I don't know. Obviously, no. everybody knows America might do well, but you want to get places in Europe. You want to get places in South America. You want to get places in Africa as well. So, yeah, I also invest in, in a global fund. And I, I completely agree with you. It's all about simplicity, and that's what works for you. 
Um, yeah, exactly. So, so talking about like your return, what's actually like the size of your portfolio now? I know that you, you're quite transparent with it yeah, on yeah. social media, but yeah, so what's the size of it at the moment? So in t- it's over 40K now okay. in total. Yeah, okay. so I, I did a post that last week. It's probably, to be honest with you, different topic, but now Bitcoin's at all-time highs and stuff. It's probably <laughs> yeah, more yeah. than that. Just because yeah. I've, been investing, yeah. <laughs> okay. I've been investing into crypto for like weekly pretty much for well over yeah. 18 months now. Okay. So that is probably maybe like maybe like maybe like up to forty three or forty four k. I'll just say forty k wow. for simplicity. Wow. Uh, it was forty k about a week or two ago anyway. And yeah, so I think most of that, I've got about a third in, I think it's like fifteen or sixteen k in my stocks and shares ISA, which is all in that one fund, the FTSE Global All Cap. I then got another a th- about a third of that, probably about ten k in a workplace pension, which is also all just in one global fund. I don't have the same options. It's limited options because where I work and in accounting and stuff. But essentially I chose the lowest fee global fund. And then the other sort of like 10K is then in sort of yeah, crypto. And I think like a couple of K in individual, not, not actually not, not like maybe a few, maybe like 1K max in individual stocks. It's like about 3% of my portfolio individual stocks. So yeah, m- most of it really. And well in the accounts that matter, my workplace pension and my stocks and shares ISA, um, all of that is yeah, what, just one global index fund in each. So I'm sure okay. I'm practicing what I'm preaching here. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm good. That's this the... and like betting like on Tesla, hundred times. Yeah, Tesla. Tesla's another. Tesla's another thing. Tesla is. It can't be beaten right now. It's it's doing all the right yeah. things. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go there with, with Tesla. I mean, I can't believe the valuation, but yeah, but yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. Oh, wow, that's that's fantastic. Really, really well done and. Over what time period has it grown to that? Uh, that has been, well, I guess technically it's been about four years now. Okay, because, that's good. Yeah. But that first year, though, mm. I'm actually posting this as well recently as well. So that, that first year was just my workplace pension. And I had less than, over the course of the whole year, because I was making the minimum investment, I, I had less than the grand in there. So really, it was probably the last three years. Well, it's probably about, I think it was like August 20. 18 around them probably just over three years ago now was when i actually set up a stocks and shares isa and started of 100 pound a month um i was still at uni then but now obviously it's now like 500 pound a month and obviously investing my side hustle income and other stuff so now i'm like the last couple of months i've been able to invest like four figures per month so that's like one month i'm investing now what i had in my whole first year of investing which is why i always sort of say like just start small with what you can and then over time you can build it up as you like your salary increases at work as you have a side hustle and get other income streams um, but yeah, I'd say most of that has really been over three years ever since I started investing into the FTSE Global All Cap inside of my stocks and shares ISA. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And it's, it's interesting that you said start small because I think that's the way to do it. A lot of people think, let me wait, let me accumulate money and then let me invest rather than the other way around. Actually, I've got a pound. Okay, a pound's not a lot. Let me just put that in. I've got 10 pounds. Let me put 10 pounds in. I've got 100 pounds. Let me put 100 pounds in. I completely agree, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, starting off really small. Wait wait till the new job happens, wait till the promotion, wait till, like, Christmas is over, wait till this and that. But then Mm. just start even, like, yeah. I mean, Vanguard, the minimum's £100. A lot of these investing apps, it's like a Mm. £1 minimum. You can just chuck in, like, a tenner when you can, and then you'll start slowly getting addicted and want to invest more and more. And that's the beauty (laughs) of it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just just very important just to get started now because you want to use that time to increase your investment. You want as much time as possible to increase your investment over a very long period. That's the whole point of it, right? Um, and it yeah. also gets you into the habit. I think starting also gets you into a habit of doing stuff with a direct debit. You, you've got that money coming from one account to your investment account every month. And it's like sort of like part of a, a ritual at yeah. times. Um, so, and yeah. you can automate that as well. That's even better. Yeah. That's what I, I, I preach that as a lot as well about automating yeah. it because then you can make it more hands-off, it's just easier to do, and you know it's coming out, then you yeah. almost like make cutbacks to sort of make it fit in, because you know that investment's exactly. coming out no matter what. So exactly. if you can automate it as well, that's even better. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 no, it's, it's so, so, so important. So going, moving into, um, you know, like beginners um, getting invested into an index fund, how can a beginner get uh, started to invest in, in an index fund? Yeah, so you really need three things, and this is something I also regularly post about on Instagram. The first thing is an account. So you need like an investment platform. You need somewhere where you're going to invest. So Vanguard, Free Trade, Fidelity, Wealthify. Not, there's, there's loads of platforms, really. Um, 
I always say when choosing the platform, you always want to start with the end in mind. So you want to see what you want, think about what you want to invest into and then try and work back and see if your platform offers that. So with Vanguard, for example, they have the FTSE Global All Cap, which I invest into. So I use that, but they don't offer individual stocks. So if you want to invest in individual stocks as well, it's not going to be the best platform for you. Something like Free Trade or Trading212 might, might be better for that. But the first thing is an account, preferably a low fee platform. A lot of the platforms nowadays are low fee or zero commission. So that's almost like a given now, which is good. Whereas obviously yeah. years ago, it was a rip off to invest. Yeah, um, it was a literally a rip off. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the second thing you then need is an account. So an account would be like a pension, a stocks and shares ISA, or a general investment account. They're the three main types of accounts in the UK. Generally speaking, you probably want to be using a stocks and shares ISA. Um, this step two is a bit more sort of, it extends on like your salary, your age, what you want to do. But I think as, as a default, just go over stocks and shares ISA is probably the easiest thing to do. And in number three, you then actually, I guess, choose your index fund that you want. So me personally, I will use a global one, but people might want to use a US one, might want to use one from a part of the country. You haven't got to just use one. You can use multiple as well. But yeah, that's essentially the three-step process to get started. Um, and yeah, that's what I'd say on that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And what would you say is the rate of return that a beginner can expect from their money if they were investing in an index fund? Let's say a global index fund, a similar one to you. So you really, it should be about 8% after inflation over the long term. Okay. But I think this is, yeah, once again, a bit of a misconception because mm. people are most familiar with like cash ISAs and savings accounts where you get mm. like <laughs> half a percent or 2% and it's guaranteed. <laughs> with investing, no matter what it is, property, crypto, stocks, it's not guaranteed. It's essentially whatever, the, whatever you invest into is what you're going to get. And I think people get, there's a big misconception. People will say like, what return can I get from a pension? But it's not the, the investment is what's inside of the pension. The pension or the stocks and shares ISA is just the account and essentially whatever you put inside of that account is then what generates you your return. So it's not your pension or your stocks and shares ISA, that's just like the wrapper or the account. It's whatever you then put inside of it is then what generates your return. But I mean, yeah, I'd say if you look at like sort of past data and history with investing, if you're using like a diversified index fund, you usually get around 10% before inflation. Then if inflation is 2 or 3% over the long term, you probably get around 7 or 8% over the long term. But it's very, very rare to be 7 or 8% in a given year. Like in my index fund, the FTSE Global All Cap, I think the first two years I was in it, it was about 3% then about 4%. And in the last year, it's been like 27%. So it sort of averages out over time. Um, obviously, there'll probably be some years, there will be some years where there's a crash and it'll be negative. Um, but the most important thing is you have to stay invested and obviously keep like investing every single month. Um, but yeah, I'd say yes, like sort of maybe like middle to high single figures i actually have a sort of compounding projection spreadsheet so you can compound it at like lower rates return like five percent um but i, I normally use seven or eight percent when i make my own uh, calculations just because that's sort of after inflation and it's fairly accurate of history and data yeah 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 and i like what you said about um you know investing is not guaranteed this is not financial uh, <laughs> this is NFL. not financial advice yeah yeah just just saying <laughs> it's not financial advice this is just purely for informational purposes only but yeah you you said something important i think a lot of people with investing in any asset type and you literally you stated it property crypto stock market all of them have had crashes yeah nothing is safe and like, they will crash I don't, I don't, over and over yeah, again yeah and i just don't understand why people can't just accept that's just the reality of it it's just that's just life there's just some things that you know, we, we don't, unfortunately, we don't live in a utopia and, you know, <laughs> crashes have to happen because actually crashes happen because of being in a utopia. That's why yeah. the crash happens because we get into utopia and then people become reckless. We overspend, we leverage more than we need so we can't afford. And that's why the crashes happen. The crashes happen to bring us back to earth to be like, actually, we yeah. need to tighten our belts a bit more. That's why crashes happen. And, so and, and too... Yeah, okay, sorry, go, sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. No, I was saying, two things to say on this, right? The first one is um, crashes are literally the best time to buy, but it's when yeah. most people sell. Yeah. So if you, and this is why automation is so good. I, I promise you, I don't even know when, like when Bitcoin crashed every week, I didn't know when it was all time <laughs> high. I didn't know. As long as people DM me and are like, have you seen this? That I actually realized. Yeah. But so I really just try to ignore the noise constantly. But when yeah. the market, when it crashed 30% in March 2020 because of COVID, 
I was still investing automatically. It's now at all-time highs, I'm still investing automatically. The price is literally irrelevant. I'm just focusing on investing automatically and that's why it's so good automating your investment because when the market does crash, your investment is coming out automatically. You're not gonna get scared of that money going in. And secondly, sorry to keep plugging this, but this is something I go into detail as well in the new book, but there's like crashes and corrections, right, are very, very common. Like on average, there's a crash every, so a crash is more than, I think, 20% and a correction is more than 10%. With a crash, it on average happens every seven years and a correction happens on average every 12 to 18 months. So if you're 20, by the time you technically retire, you would have been through up probably 40, 45 corrections and maybe five to 10 sort of stock market crashes. So these things are very, very common. They happen all the time. They've always happened in any market, even like art, Pokemon cards, crypto stocks, it, all markets crash, right? Um, so you've got, and this is where it comes back to like financial education and understanding like it's normal, not panicking when it happens. And if anything, maybe try and invest a little bit more. If the stock market's down 10% that month, I'm like, you know what? I might try and save a hundred pound on my budget and check an extra hundred quid in. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But, but another yeah. key point as well, just when we're talking about returns, like I literally do not care less about my rate of return because relatively speaking, right? So I've got 40 grand invested now, um, even make 10% on that. Like it's four grand, which is a decent amount of money, but it's not life changing. Imagine if I had like 400 grand invested, then yeah. 10 percent's 40K. If I had yeah. four million pounds invested, then all of a sudden I'm getting 400K and living like an absolute king. So I think the most important thing people really need to focus on is actually just their contributions. If you can focus on investing as much as possible for increasing your salary, invest as much as possible through um, creating other income streams for like a side hustle or something on the side, then really just contribute as much as you can today because it's almost about building up your pot to, obviously there will be some gains and stuff that come of that. It's about building up that pot to a point where you can live off of it. And at, you know, even at 100K, 10% is only 10 grand, but a million, 10% is 100K. 100K. And that's like yeah. triple the average salary. And I know it's yeah. hard to get to that point, but it's really focusing on contributions and not obsessing about the rate of return is and how you get yeah. to that point. Yeah, I, I I I completely agree. It's yeah, it's about you get more the more you put in, the more you're gonna get out of it. So yeah. it's about yeah, like you said, increasing your contribution. I, I know, a lot of, a lot of things people don't realize as well is mm. by investing you're getting dividends. People yeah. only really seem to look at the gain. So just say if yeah. you made six percent this year, you might be like, oh well, you know that's not great. I should have been eight percent. But if you're like in, I think my global fund, the dividend yield's quite low on global funds, to be fair, it's only about 1.3%. But that 1.3%, even if like the price has gone down or up, that's still more than like any savings account on the market. And that's just me by essentially <laughs> investing, getting those dividends. And then as well, a key point here is, if you invest into index funds, try and use accumulation index funds, because mm -hmm. accumulation funds reinvest all of the dividends. So yeah. without even realizing it and lifting the finger, all of your dividends are then being reinvested to buy you more shares in the fund. And then over time, that's going to snowball your wealth as well as the appreciation of the fund over time, hopefully. Love that. Love that. Great, 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 great explanation. Really, really like that. Um, so we, we delved into it a little bit, but what should beginners look for when they're looking for an index fund to invest in? So you mentioned the global, but is there any specific things that they need to look at? Fees, you know, countries yeah. that they're investing in, you know, anything like that? I think the main thing is fees. And I get quite a few questions on this as well, but if you go on an investing platform like Free Trade or Trading212 that offer thousands of uh, uh, funds. So I guess ETFs are sort of, I won't get too much into it, but ETFs are essentially the same as index funds. If you, there are some differences, but if you have an S&P 500 index fund and an S&P 500 ETF, they are both aiming to do the same thing, which is tracking, passively tracking the largest 500 companies in the US. There are some differences between the two. They're different like ways to invest, but they're essentially trying to do the same thing. The most important thing really in that case is then fees. So if you go onto your investing app and type in S&P 500, you'll probably get loads. There's like a Vanguard version, <laughs> an iShares version. Yeah. There's, there's like four or five versions, I think. Yeah. So the most important thing really is to look, they're all trying to do the exact same thing. So the most important thing really is to just choose the lowest fee one. The, essentially the lower the fee you pay, the more money you have compounded in your pocket and then, um, yeah, the more money you end up with in the end. And that is really the big reason why index funds outperform most active funds because active funds have managers actively picking stocks to beat the market. Um, and they can charge really anywhere from like 0.5% up to like 2 or 3%. Some of the fees are pretty crazy. And it doesn't sound like a lot. Like 1% doesn't sound like a lot. But I've sort of run the numbers on this. And if you're investing consistently, you know, you can literally lose 
like one third of your potential investment returns because it's going to that fee. If you even go into compound interest calculator, put in a hundred pound a month for 30 years at 10%, change that then to 8% for that extra 2% fee. And all of a sudden you get significantly less amount of money. Um, so I'd say fees is probably the most important thing um, to look into. And I think also you need to think about, I guess how, yeah, sort of how active you want to be in choosing your investments. Because it's always, even though it's index funds are passive, you still need to sort of choose that index fund. And that is choose, an active yeah. decision. So yeah. I've actively made the decision to keep my sort of portfolio as simple as possible through one global um, diverse, one global index fund. I take more risk really on crypto, which is about 25% of my total portfolio. But my stock market portfolio, it's literally just mainly in index funds because I believe you can't beat the market. And I've taken that decision. People could, as we mentioned, if you believe in the US or China or emerging markets, you can allocate extra money to those things you probably want to think about how you think the world where you think the world's going to go and what you want to invest into but me personally i'm just like lowest fee global fund i can find stick to that job done <laughs> okay awesome 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 fantastic answer thank you and then yeah i guess me personally i'd rather mm. take more like risk with crypto or one day if i got into property investing because i believe with those sorts of things it's probably easier to make abnormal returns if you're sort of skilled yeah. whereas with the stock market because there's so much data in history has showed time and time again it's yeah. really really difficult to consistently beat the market yeah which is why yeah i really limit my individual stocks that i have yeah 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 i love that love that love that yeah so, so you mentioned a lot of information for people listening no no yeah yeah they can re-listen to it again and hopefully hopefully um you know obviously if you've got any questions uh, please feel free to dm uh, even myself or ryan if you yeah you know, anytime well, yeah, we try to distill and break down the jargon as much as, as possible. And to be fair, I feel I feel like uh, Ryan's been super, super clear. But I do understand that for investing for a lot of people is a new area. But I promise you, take it slowly. Um, you know, read read a few books here and there, watch a few videos, listen to a few podcasts. And over time, you, you'll get it. It's not, you're not supposed to get it within a few days. I wouldn't say that's that's your aim you know, try and get it over a number of time. Again, start very easy. Start with an index fund, start with a global one, make it very easy, automate it, and then just learn, learn, learn about finance, you know, personal finance generally. And that, that's what I did. That's literally what I did. And that's what worked for me. Yeah, um, I couldn't so, agree more. I was going to say literally yeah. everyone that people follow, like yeah. us who has finance accounts, were also clueless at one point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's only really from reading. Yeah, it's only from like reading and watching and listening to then now we are trying to like help other people sort of do the same. Yeah, exactly. yeah everyone's clueless exactly. at one point. Just get started with a hundred quid, and yeah. then, as you said, learn and tweak as you go. You may realize, you may start off an index fund and realize, you know, this is boring because it is pretty boring. <laughs> you haven't got to do anything. Then you may want to like maybe have like twenty percent of money in individual stocks that you can then mm-hmm. read their accounts every quarter and listen to their shareholder calls. You might find it interesting, or you might be like, well, you know what, this is pretty boring, but. I can have more free time rather than sort of fiddling around with all my investments, then I will yeah. stick with this strategy. So yeah. it's all, yeah, just got to like get started and then find out for yourself what's the best way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So you mentioned a few investing platforms, Vanguard, Trading212, Free Trade. Are there any other investing platforms that you that you think are good? Uh, there are quite a few good. So I personally just like Vanguard the most. So my stocks and jazz with them. I think you can actually lower your fees by using the zero commission platform like uh, Trading212, Free Trade, Stake. But I think Vanguard, second largest asset manager in the world, they have only invest into index funds and ETFs, so um, there's no individual stocks. We're not going to get sort of dragged into any of that. Um, like Jack Bogle, the founder, was the person that actually created the index fund. And Vanguard are actually owned by their funds, and that means they're owned by their shareholders. So if you invest into Vanguard, you are a Vanguard shareholder. They're not like other companies like BlackRock or Fidelity where they have, they're listed on the stock market and they're trying to please shareholders and they're trying to cut costs and make profits and all that. Vanguard literally can charge such low fees because um, they're essentially, yeah, they're not like a public company trying to mm-hmm. get up in the rankings and make profits. Yeah. Of course, they do. I imagine they do make a lot of money still, but mm-hmm. um, they're yeah, just sort of out to help people start investing for the average person and they yeah. do that through offering yeah, low range of funds. Their customer support's always been good whenever I've chatted to them. They have that global index fund that I mentioned. So yeah, I, I personally, my favorite account is Vanguard. And my most okay. important account is my stocks and shares ISA, which is why I have that okay. with them. 
Okay, awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was a so, give a specific answer on that one. <laughs> Essentially, my, my main strategy is like Vanguard for the platform, Stocks yeah. and Shares ISA for the account, and then yeah. FTSE Global All Cap for the fund. So that's the three-step yeah. process, and that's what I do okay. personally. Obviously, not financial advice, but just sharing what I do personally yeah, because yeah, it helps yeah. anyone. Yeah, and people like to know what, what others do and how they grow their wealth because, yeah. you know, when I, I remember when I was starting, I didn't have anybody that I could speak to. I didn't have, you know, anybody that I could look towards and be like, you know, what what are you doing? Like, how, how do you do this? I remember having to read through the Morning Star, read through Fidelity, read through all these websites to understand, okay, how do I invest? Just purely just for fun. How do you invest? Okay, you need to find a, a platform then you need to think about platform fees and you need to think about fund fees I'm like what is all of this stuff and then i need to think about what the fund is but i didn't have anybody that could be like okay what's a good fund what are you investing in right and now now we obviously we we do that we now have those people so i think it's always interesting to even if they're not going to go with it they know that it's working for somebody else and somebody's using using that to to grow yeah. their wealth um so are there some mistakes from you know beginners that you think um, that are like, you just think of it and you're like, these are not great mistakes. So you know um, what, I can go through my mistakes because I also talk about this in the book. I go, through, I made five big mistakes pretty much in my first month of investing. Um, so the first one was I bought an individual stock. So this is obviously before what I knew index funds were. I bought it for I think about £400, which was quite a lot of money at the time because I sort of worked for a bit for that year in placement. I had some money saved up. But on that, I paid a £12.50 trading fee wow. and, F and an FX fee. So the percent, it came to like 3 or 4%. Then I had to pay both of them when I then sold the stock as well. So I paid inc like huge trading fees. You know, now we're talking about free trade on trading 2 on 2 of like 0% like platforms. So I'm paying like 3 4% on that, which is just crazy. Um, that was my first mistake. I also made that investment outside of a stocks and shares ISA, which is another mistake. Realistically, as we said, you want to try and be using your stocks and shares ISA or your pension. I won't get into sort of the tax things now, but essentially they have tax benefits. The alternative is using a general investment account, um, which is your standard investment account, and that has no tax benefits. So, you know, you have to, you pay tax before you contribute, you then pay tax when you sell. Obviously there's like allowances and you can get around it, but Essentially, by using a stocks and shares ISA or a pension, you're getting tax benefits. So that was my second mistake, not using one of those. My third mistake was I then did open up a stocks and shares ISA, but it was with my bank. So I thought you could only open up open up an ISA with a bank. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there was, and banks yeah. are probably like yeah. the worst people to have a stocks worst. and shares ISA with. They worst. offer all, yeah. even in like cash ISAs are the worst rates. Um, luckily now, once again, there's loads of like, there's loads of traditional like brokerages like Vanguard, Hargreaves, Lansdowne, Fidelity. There's also now loads of like newer zero commission brokers like Trading212, Free Trade, Stake. So there's now a lot more essentially options to um, essentially pay lower fees. Um, so yeah, there are three mistakes that come to mind. There were more that I made in my first few months. Oh yeah, also my first stock I bought, I bought it based on a tip from this guy on YouTube. So okay. never want to invest into a stock based yeah. on a tip. You want to do your own research, yeah. understand what the company is. Um, so yeah, they were four beginner mistakes really. So using the general investment account, paying high trading fees, investing based on a tip, and yeah, essentially when I did choose to open up my stocks and shares ISA, using it in my bank and not actually researching. I could I could literally just googled best stocks and shares ISAs, and there's <laughs> loads of blog articles, and I could have got more of an idea. But yeah, yeah, I was obviously clueless back then, um, yeah. and now I'm obviously trying to spread, help people prevent those same mistakes. Um, another one I'd probably chuck in there as well is checking your portfolio like too often on a daily basis mm -hmm. um because i mean everyone, i feel like everyone's been there especially when you start it's quite exciting but really I, I think the famous quote goes investing should be like watching paint dry or like grass <laughs> grow it's very boring very slow process yeah. it's all about time and compound interest that you then build your wealth um so yeah checking your investment app often or your portfolio is more likely going to drag you into buying and selling regularly buying and selling based on emotion and that's something you never want to do as an investor. You want to try and be as sort of hands-off and as rational as possible rather yeah. than just sort of like seeing some news, panicking and selling. Um, yeah. So yeah, there are a few that I've made myself, five mistakes I made myself, which hopefully other beginners probably have, well, hopefully other beginners can avoid, but I reckon a lot of people also made similar mistakes when they first got started. Yeah, love that, love that. Those are some interesting mistakes. And I, 
I feel like I, I can definitely, you know, sympathize with you on, on some of those mistakes. I've made similar mistakes. And the bank one is a very interesting one because I think for banks, for, for people, for banks, when they're going to their banks, it's, it's so much more convenient for them. Um, it's like when they see something that is new to them, a new topic, instead of them having to go out and read, they feel like let's take the easiest path, which for them is let me just contact my bank and get stocks and shares. Like, so which you're saying, like they're charging ridiculous fees. They're offering the same funds that you can get on 0% platforms or actually directly on those platforms. Yeah. So Vanguard, you can get directly on Vanguard, but your bank is getting their extra fee on top. Literally, yeah, that's yeah. how they're making their money. You know? The same as getting a mortgage. People go to yeah. a bank because they think it's like safe getting it from yeah. a bank, but yeah. it's not because you're literally losing yeah. like a lot more money than you should be. Um, exactly. So yeah, it's one like if you get an independent mortgage broker, you'll get a better yeah. mortgage rate rather than going straight exactly. to a bank. And it's the same as sort of doing this. Do your own research, find a low fee platform. You will then save yourself a fortune over the long term yeah. rather than just sort of being ignorant and going to the bank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So finally for this section, what can a beginner do to increase their chances of growing their investments? I think really just getting started, to be honest with you. I think with investing, the earlier you start, the less you can invest and the more you can end up with. And I've done some, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I've done some calculations where even if you start investing when you're 20 and stop investing when you're 30, you will end up with more money than someone who then starts at 40 and invests triple the amount that you were investing per month. And that is because you're essentially getting that compound interest over that, say, time period up until when you retire when you're 65. Um, so yeah, I'd probably just say, you just got to get started really because then you get more compound interest. And compound interest is a very misunderstood topic as well. People don't really get it. But all that is is essentially interest on interest or essentially return on return. So if you earn 10% this year, you leave that money invested, you earn 10% next year, that sort of first year 10% return is then earning another 10%, which once again, isn't, doesn't really do anything in the first few years. It doesn't really matter. But as I was talking about, over the long term, when you build up to like 100K, a million pounds and more, that's when even like a 5% return is all of a sudden like 50K and that's like double the average salary nearly, and you can live off of that rather than working a nine to five. So I would say the best chance you've got is just getting started early. And also by start, starting early, as I said, you can invest less and end up with more, but also you can also ride out any crashes um, and corrections. As we mentioned, that very happen very often. So by investing regularly is actually a good thing if the market crashes. Like I actually wish the market would crash like 70%. I would love it because <laughs> I would just invest as much as I can. And I know in 10 years time when the market's like, doubled again it would have been a great time to invest yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah because I, I guess it's a bit difficult because with that question if it was like individual stocks it's probably easy to like look at the p ratio look at this mm. look at that but with index funds i think it's really just about getting started contributing yeah. what you can and essentially like trusting the process staying the course then invested and letting time and compound interest grow your wealth over the long term yeah yeah i i completely agree i think it's about starting as as soon as possible like you said because you want to get get those gains and even if you start with a small amount and you know pick pick it up that is definitely the best thing i think when i when i started even though i didn't know what i was doing i didn't invest more than i could i i, I was like okay you know what let me just try and put 100 pounds a month i'm comfortable putting 100 pounds a month right mm. and if i if i lose it if, the, if i lose my investment then it's fine like i'm only putting in 100 pounds a month which is not going to break the bank for me and that's how i started and after when I become became more and more confident, I just started increasing, increasing it monthly. So I think it's 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 best to try and start with little little amounts, fifty pounds, yeah. hundred pounds, whatever comfortable with you with yourself, and then just grow over time as you become more confident in your strategy and and Completely your process. Um, great cool. advice. <laughs> great, 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 great. Thank you, thank you. So uh, we're moving to the last segment of uh, today's podcast episode. Uh, so it's a Finfluencer quiz. So anytime I interview hey. my fellow uh, Finfluencers, <laughs> I, I've, I've got a few questions I want to ask them. Um, so the, the first one, so it's like a would you rather. Uh, so the first question is, uh, would you rather have a lot of money and no free time or lots of free time and very little money? <laughs> uh, I'd probably say lots of money and lots of free time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, in your reality, you might be able to do that. But in this reality... <laughs> I don't know, honestly, because so I'll probably say the free time one, but then okay. if you have loads of free time and then no money, you can't little, really very do, little money, yeah. You can't really do anything. Obviously, you can like I guess like 
spend time with family and friends but you can't really explore the world or travel yeah. or buy stuff you like so but then at the same time if you had loads of money and no free time then it's almost opposite you can buy anything you want but then you can't really you once again probably can't really do any traveling or spending time yeah. with family yeah. and friends because you're just like working the whole time yeah. so if i had to choose i'd probably say the free time one okay I and like little that. money and then you yeah. I'd, you'd then use that free time <laughs> to start a side hustle and start making some more money yeah <laughs> that is it that is literally it. you just have to build it up and just make sure that you put yourself in a position where you still have that time remaining yeah no, yeah I, that's I a tough that. question though because they're both good but they're both bad so it's not yeah. really a good answer there <laughs> exactly yeah and i think this is a lot of people's reality right now you know um they they are going they're, they're going up the earnings career ladder and i think that this can happen in any whether you're entrepreneur or career if you're not very deliberate about you know mm. imagine you you made money but you just spent it you never invested it right whether it's through a business or a career income is income it's just dependent on how you how you um generate that not really generate but how you spend your income what you do with your income to to buy back your time that's that's how i see it you use your income to buy back your time no matter how yeah. you generate it right if you were entrepreneur and even if you're making a million and you're spending a million a year because some people can do that right you're actually not becoming more free right you're just yeah you're just always working for a million and then spending a million right it's no different to somebody who's in a nine-to-five and they're getting 40k and they're spending their 40k or they're not spending their 40k but they maybe they invested 10 10k a year but over 10 to 15 years they're like okay now i can bought back my 40k a year i can yeah. now live off that right so i think it's how you manage financial money. freedom exactly yeah yeah a lot of people Completely get agree. bogged down on the paths when it's not that it's it's actually the income how you what you manage how you manage the income when you get it what you do with it yeah. do you buy your time agree. or do you not buy your time <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, really that's how it is yeah and that's why it's so important to pay yourself first. Even if yeah. it's like start 10% of your monthly salary, yeah. just even that is better than nothing. And then over time, yeah. you'll get addicted. You'll want to invest more and more. And then hopefully, yeah, you'll end up being financially free before that person who earns a million but spends a million and are still grinding 50 hours a week just to then spend all their money rather than the person who's actually invested and becomes financially and time free. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, thanks for that for, for that answer. Um, so the final question in this segment is: Would you rather have a thousand pounds a day for the rest of your life, or have one million pounds in the bank today? Oh, it's got to be a thousand pound a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In three That's, years, yeah. in three four years, you'll get your million. <laughs> yeah, it is it tough though? Because I guess, I'd, yeah, it's tough. Because I reckon like. Because um, if you had a million pounds a day, I reckon like if you was like a very good entrepreneur, you could probably turn that into yeah. like a huge amount of money in like a space of a year and probably outgrow that grand a day. But I think it's by getting a grand a day, that's just like perpetual passive income. And then as you say, after a few years, you'll get to the million. Um, and I guess that's, that really is sort of what you want for investing. You know, if you're investing into an index fund, if you can get to the point where you know every month you're getting like, even if you're getting like two grand a month from your index fund from dividends, you can then essentially just find out if that's like less than your expenses, you are then financially free. So yeah. I'd probably say the thousand pound a day, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't trust myself to double that <laughs> one million pounds quick enough. It's tough, right? Like if you if you got the one million, like, oh, I'm tempted <laughs> to, to spend it on something else. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's the thing yeah. as well. I think if you've got the one million, mm. things one million, right, is a lot of money. But if you're going to be living for 50 years, you're going to have a family and all of that, you will get through all of that. I don't know yeah. what actually what the average like cost of one human would be over the whole lifetime. But I imagine sure, it's probably yeah. if you get like a house, a car, trying yeah. to go on holiday, like you go family and friends, it probably must be somewhere around that, maybe more. So I reckon by a thousand pound a day, you're probably less likely to do something stupid with it. Um, whereas the one million you might just go and blow like two fifty on a Lambo, then you're yeah. down to seven fifty. Whereas a thousand pound a day, you're more you're less likely to do that because it starts off smaller. And in that meantime, you can read books on financial education, then you know yeah. to invest it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and no, I completely <laughs> agree. I'll I'll go to a thousand a day and I'll just invest it in passive and just uh, just do do other things on the side. Yeah, yeah that, oh, that would be so be good. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. I mean. You know that our trajectory is we'll probably get to a point like that if we if we keep on working on that and ho hopefully the listeners too if that's what they're they're working towards obviously everybody has like different goals and 
uh, and, and what they want to do. Thank you so much, Ryan, for you know blessing our podcast and dropping Anytime. so many gems. Uh, this is why I call you the Index Fund King. <laughs> I'm going to give you that name. I mean, you should give yourself that name in the future, Index Fund King. No, thank you. Thank you so much. What have you uh, got planned next for uh, Making Money Simple? Yeah, I'm not too sure. It's a good question. So I've, I've released the e- my new ebook, Stop Way and Start Investing, a few weeks ago. And since then, I've really been like pretty inactive on YouTube and my own podcast. So I need to sort of try and get back in a routine of doing that weekly. But I think the plan is really just, yeah, ultimately sort of trying to monetize making money simple to the point where I can do that instead of my full-time job in accounting. Okay. Um, so it's not at that point yet, unfortunately. But I think by focusing on the YouTube and the podcast, try and get them monetized, then obviously got do like the odd coaching call, sell a few digital products, do the odd sort of like brand deal. Um, hopefully, over the next like couple of years, I can get to the point where, yeah, I can do it full-time. Um but in the short term, I'm not too sure in the short term, yeah, because I've now got, like, done a workshop, done a book, got different, loads of different social media platforms. Maybe I need to try and develop, like, a course or a mastermind mm. group or something else. I'm not too sure. I need to have a think. Mm. But, mm. yeah, for now, it's just focusing on making content, which, as you said, does take a while. It's quite time-consuming, especially mm-hmm. YouTube and the podcast. So mm-hmm. focusing on those. And then, really, just, like, having a good time having a, the odd night out, having some fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love that you had fun. <laughs> Fun because that is what it's about. It's also about enjoying your life. You need to enjoy your life as, as yeah. much as as much as possible. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Have you got any final words for the listeners? Stop waiting. Start investing. <laughs> Name of your book. Make sure you uh, check out Ryan's book. I'll put it in the description. Yeah. No. Below. I, I would actually say though. Sorry. Quickly. Like. Yeah. So that book does have a lot of the stuff that we did cover here. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Um. If you want do want to learn more about this like strategy that I follow. But also, if you have any questions, just DM me on Instagram anytime. It might take me a couple of days to get back to you, depending on how busy I am at work and stuff. But um, feel free to DM me when, whenever you like. And I'll probably send you a few voice notes trying to help you out. Um, but yeah, DM me any questions. And then other than that, yeah, just obviously get started with investing. As we've said a few times, even if it's with small amounts, um, you will not regret investing. Yeah, you no way. definitely not. You Once you start, you'll be like, why did I not start this? <laughs> we all feel like that. Where can people people find you across your social media channels? So just making money simple, pretty yeah. much on everything. Twitter, YouTube, YouTube podcast. Instagram, and TikTok, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, and you've got a podcast happen, as yeah. well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just and I'm featured on the podcast simple. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're one of the yeah. first ones, I think, done the yeah. first-time buyer podcast. But yeah, yeah making yeah. money simple on every social media, pretty much. I should come up, so, hopefully. Uh, yeah, awesome. That's awesome, where you can find awesome. me. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, thanks, mate. Always thanks. love a good it's index fund chat. It's been great. Yeah, it's, it's been a great one. And listeners, I hope that you definitely appreciate that. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode, and I'll speak to you next week. Have a great day. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.